what would you do if your house was full of ghosts and they were all telling you to go down into the basement? This week, we discuss the ghosts of Carmel, Maine. Let's get chilled and thrilled. So, Brittany, what would you do if all the ghosts in your house kept telling you to go down to the basement? I'd be very confused and frightened. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'd be confused because we don't have basements in Texas, (laughs) so I wouldn't know what the heck they were talking about. There's no basement at the Alamo? Yeah, but uh, I would be very confused, and then I'd start thinking maybe there's a graveyard underneath, and that's what they're calling a basement is just where they're buried under the ground, and I'd be freaked out, and I would just be noping out of there super fast. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Um, Yeah, that's how I'd handle that situation, and hopefully you'd be right there with me. If not, I'm taking the kids, and I'm going, and I'll leave your (laughs) ass here. I I love you, but you better not slow me down, because I'm getting out of here. What if the car was angry and didn't want to start? Well, then I'd get Taylor... The Native American shaman to Did come some smoke and, and a feather and yes, take care of this. Yes, I would. I would have him come and bless the car. And car is angry. <laughs> that car is pissed. <laughs> don't forget the dog, though. Dogs, it. anyway. I don't know about the cat. Now we're in the cat too. Yeah. Well, how's your week been going? It's been going pretty good. It's the second week of virtual learning with our kids at school, which has been interesting. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah. The first week seemed to go pretty good. And now the second week, it seems like everything's breaking across lots of different schools, including the ones our kids go to. And so it's been a lot of stress with systems not working and codes not working. teachers have all kinds of parents, me included, running messages going, yeah, we can't get in. It's broken. I don't know why the kids are freaking out because if this was me, if, if I was... A kid right now, and this was uh-huh. happening, I'd be like, sweet, I don't yeah. have to do work right now. Like, that was my yeah, general Yeah, but we've been attitude. getting on them like, you can't be late for your session. You have to be there. You're going to miss something. Follow, pay attention to the instructions. That's why you can't do this assignment. You have to ask him for help. And so when when she can't get into that, she's like, oh, I'm going to miss something. And she's worried I about know. being in trouble for that. I know. But I'm just saying if it was me, I'd be <laughs> just be like, sweet. Yeah. I used to wake up during the winter and be pissed. Again, we're in... Uh, we're in Texas, when it would say the weather, you know, a possibility of snow or ice tomorrow, and I'd wake up and there'd be nothing, I'd be pissed, because that yeah. mean I had to go to school. Had your hopes up for a snow day. Yeah. And of course, I'll- around here, if there's like a half a millimeter of ice on the road. Everything shuts down. It's the down. lead story on the news, and there's all the closures, because they don't have the equipment to take care of it, and people don't know how to drive don't on- don't know how to drive on ice. We're like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, nobody's got- Snow chains or anything like that? Yeah. Winter tires? What's that? No. Yeah. Well, speaking of equipment, mm-hmm. hopefully you notice a difference. We both have our own microphone now. We sure do. We've been hers. Yeah, we've been recording with just one microphone, and it's been okay. Mm-hmm. But now we're able to pick up on different channels and be able to pick up our conversations a little better, and hopefully it'll be a... Better listening Listening experience experience for y'all. Let us know, though, if there's anything that you're hearing that's better or worse. We certainly want to make sure it sounds as best as it can. Well, 
I have a story that you are going to really want to listen to, but it's going to creep you out. I just can guarantee that right now. We've done some really interesting true crime stories, some unusual events. We had the amazing alien abduction, the first documented alien abduction story ever recorded last week. If you haven't listened to that one, you got to go check it out. So we needed to bring you some ghost stories. And I've got yeah. one for you this time, and I think you're going to like it. Just get a extra something to put on because you're going to start feeling cold from getting all these chills here. And before I start, I just want to let you know a lot of this episode is going to be based on a YouTube video entitled Ghosts of Carmel, Maine, The Last Three Years. The link will be in the show notes as well as on our socials. I wasn't able to reach the creator of this channel to request permission to include audio clips in our episode. So please do follow the link to his channel and watch some of these videos for yourself. I think you're going to be hooked on it like I am. But if you like it, please consider subscribing to support him. Would you say that they will be chilled and also thrilled by watching them? Chilled and thrilled would be a starting point, like a jumping off from chilled and thrilled, and then only escalating from there. I'll put it that way. So we're a springboard. Yes. Yay. Brittany. What's worse than going out in the heat of summer to go shopping? Dental work. Absolutely. But I was thinking mask drama. Oh, well, that's really bad, too. Yeah, y'all know what I'm talking about. Someone doesn't follow the store rules. The poor employee stuck with enforcing the rule. Then Mega Karen emerges. Pretty soon they're sitting on the floor throwing a fit. and The police have to sort the whole thing out. You've seen the videos. It's nuts. Crazy. Well, wouldn't it just be better to skip all that mask drama to begin with and just have everything you need Delivered right to your home. Uh, yeah. Of course. Well, did you know that you can do that with Instacart? Their personal shoppers deliver products you love from your local stores in as little as one hour. They highlight current deals to save you money, and you can even choose items from multiple stores on the same order. Instacart has made our shopping so incredibly easy and convenient, there's almost no reason to go out to the actual store anymore. Take away the burden of having to go shopping and let Instacart do it for you. You can use the link in our show notes to let Instacart know that we sent you, and that also helps show support for our show. Right now, our listeners will get free delivery on your first order of $35 or more. So pause this episode. Right now. Follow the link and forget all that mask drama. Try Try Instacart Instacart today. today. So this starts with a guy named Kent Morris. And he never dreamed he would be a paranormal investigator. But when he moved into a very old home in a town called Carmel, not Caramel, that's when you that's when you cook the sugar named after Chef Karim. But Carmel, like the mountain. uh, Mount. Yeah, like Mount Carmel. Yeah. And it was called Lamb House. And he moved in there in August of 2014 with his family. And strange things started happening right away. And he wasn't a paranormal investigator. He was a skeptic. Okay. He didn't believe in any of that stuff. Okay, gotcha. Didn't believe in ghost hauntings, but there was a lot of stuff happening he just couldn't explain. And they were happening not just to him, but his family as well. His son had an encounter with an apparition in his bedroom. They all heard talking, footsteps, doors closing, 
They'd see sparks of light moving quickly across the room. Uh, he said, quote, we saw a movement from the corner of our eyes, cold passing by us, strange sensations. But due to my skepticism, I refused to believe in ghost hauntings. I tell you, in, in the hottest part of the summer, I would I would do just about anything to get some cold <laughs> spots come through this house because yeah. it's hot in here. Get some, get some ghost activity going just to cool things off. Our electric cool bill is way too high. We need to That's get right. some paranormal stuff happening. <laughs> so after five months in the house, he was watching TV one night by himself, and he heard some voices like he had before. So he said, just for the sake of argument... I'll grab my cell phone and I'll go look. I'll go take a look while taking a recording, a video with myself. He didn't hear anything on the recording, but he says he didn't know what to look for. And he just wrote the strange sounds off as, quote, their imaginations getting the best of us, is what he said. Did he say what the strange noises sounded like? No, he just heard voices. Oh, voices. Mm -hmm. Okay. And he was all alone. Right. What he didn't know at the time was that this was going to be the first of years worth of recordings as he tried to figure out what was going on in the house. Wow. Years later, he came across that first recording that he'd made with his cell phone. Using what he knew then, he was able to go back and hear multiple EVP on it, including some names that would come up regularly in his investigations, Abby and Edmund. As Kent entered a room, he slows down the EVP on his recording so you can hear more clearly. Abby, get out. There's angels. Lies. Help Abby. Soon after that, when he's about to walk out, another EVP. Don't leave me, Papa. Oh. Yeah. So after three years in the house, on July 17th, 2017, Kent was in his bed around midnight when his skepticism was challenged, he heard the voice of a female behind him say, help me. Mm-mm. He looked behind him, figuring he was, you know, I'm just hearing things again. But then he felt a tapping on his hip. Oh. And he heard a loud female voice say, help me, Kent. Oh, Lord. Thinking all this might not be in his imagination after all. The next day, he started taking photos around the outside of the house. And what he saw would change the course of his life dramatically. When Kent looked at the photos of the house, he saw faces staring back at him from inside the house. Oh. Which was unoccupied at the time. Oh. oh. There was what looked like a small child. There was a woman who somewhat looked like she was holding a baby. He saw apparitions outside the home as well. There was a child near a trash can and what looked like a nude woman trying to reach up to the window. A nude woman? Yes. And You'll see it when you go watch. Oh, okay. Yeah. Naked, so how naked many lady total? trying to... Hmm? How many total? I didn't count. There were just different ones. And it was hard to tell. You know, is this the same one as that one? Hey, Daniel. Hey, Brittany. What's the difference between a light bulb and a pregnant lady? <laughs> you can't... You can unscrew a light bulb. Right. <laughs> Sorry, I had to if go there. If you haven't seen it, the you, dad laughing. Well, you, at were, the, you were like, yeah, just a naked lady reaching up, and I pictured <laughs> her screwing in a light bulb, so I had to. I had to. Yeah. Thank you for that. Thanks, I'll be here all week. <laughs> well, it was time to figure out what was happening. So on July 24th of 2017, 
the investigations began in earnest. He didn't know much about the house itself or the town of Carmel at that point, so he spent months researching to gather up information on the home. Turns out it had been owned at one time by an undertaker. Oh, God. so you know there's some energy in there. His name was Edmund L. Lamb. He also learned that from 1906 to 1919, the house was used as a funeral home. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like uh, just a just can you imagine the just the floor dropping out from under you reading that going that's my house that that's yeah. a, was a mortuary. I'm seeing the oh it just everything snaps and you go fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so he's thinking okay is that why the place is haunted? Are the spirits stuck in the house because their bodies passed through here? Or did something bad happen here in the house? Mm. Kent was posting photos in short video clips on Facebook for his friends and family. Like, hey, check out what's happening in my house. Just keeping them up to date as he yeah. told them about what's going on. But his son convinced him that it would be easier for them to view those recordings if he started a YouTube channel. So in August of 2017, he started his channel and he named it Ghosts of Carmel, Maine. He never intended it to be anything more than a place for a few of his family and friends to keep up with the strange occurrences around his house. Didn't ask for anyone to subscribe. He wasn't publicizing it. But the word got around and his thing started to grow. He didn't know the first thing about, about paranormal investigations. He just wanted to record what was going on in his house. Um, but he started out with first seven subscribers and he posted a video doing a walk through the house using an EVP app on his phone, which was not optimal, but he didn't know any better at the time. Um, and he just sort of walked around the house saying, hello, are you there? He's got this really resonant, deep, resonant voice. It's not super deep, but you can tell it's a big voice. Hello. <laughs> Is hello. anybody there? Like Is that? Is it me you're looking for? Now, see, if I was a ghost, I'd smack him in the back of the head be like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it in your eyes. Oh, yeah, see this. Doink. <laughs> <laughs> so it asked questions. Are you there? Um, what's your name? Sometimes he would get a hi or I am on the EVP when he would ask, are you there? Mm -hmm. He got some interesting answers when asking their name. One time he heard Huckabee and another EVP said, Edmund knew my name, mm. followed by Anna. Later, he was in the upstairs bedroom, which is often the most active space in the house. And he was describing how he's trying to go to sleep at night. You hear footsteps in the room or a bunch of knocking. Just as he's saying that, you hear a knock or a tap at the room. After he pans the camera around real fast toward the direction he heard the sound, he says, can you make it louder? Knock. Oh, hell no. Hell to the no. Yeah. I would just be like, thank you, bye-bye. And this is like starter beginner stuff for his channel. Like, and I'm, I've seen it five times, and I'm having to just get the hairs on my, my arms to just settle back down already. Jeez. To oh, to, and this that's is, energy. That's a strong presence to be able to, you know, seeing something, yeah, but like to, to interact with our a dimension, you know, and hit something mm -hmm. and make sound, that takes a lot of energy. And this was just the beginning of the interactions. Again, this is early on. He asked, 
do you even know my name? Ooh. Ken. His name is Kent, but Ken is pretty darn close. In fact, his name shows up on the recordings a lot. Kent's coming. It's Kent. Help me, Kent. Mm-hmm. And he would say later on, very often, he thinks they would say his name if they were trying to get him to really listen or pay attention to they were saying something they were saying at that point. So this was after this that one where he's alone and something taps his hip and says, Kent, yes. that's before? That's what, that's what, that's before he started, YouTube. like, really, yeah, doing these investigations. That's when just he was, he was still a skeptic when that happened. It's like, I'm just hearing things again. So, there were a couple different paranormal investigation teams that he had come in to be like, hey, what's going on here? I don't really know anything about this. The first one, he said, like, okay, we're going to go review the footage. Let me know what you find. He calls him a month later. The guy says, well, I lost your footage when our team broke up. So, he had another group come through. Yeah, that was weird, but, you know, what are you going to do? Hashtag unprofessional. Exactly. It's like that. The guy that recorded the Tiger King stuff and lost all his footage in the fire. Yeah, that they said he lit. But he's yeah. like, that is my, l- I lost everything. Not I- quite to that degree. No, yeah. <laughs> I think about sure, it, not sure. a good comparison, but okay. So the other investigation team that came in, they were able to get some good results. And he included some of that on his channel. So they did get some interesting answers in the basement of the house. They were asking, okay, when did you die? What year did you die? You heard one say 67. Another said 66. We don't know if that's 1866 or 1966, whatever. When he asked, how old were you when you died? You could hear 19. When they were up in the bedroom, though, things got a little bit interesting. As they do. Hey. <laughs> but not, not in that way, <laughs> unless you're into this sort of thing. But they asked, do you know who the name of this guy is here that's with us? And the spirit box started saying words like, bitch, fuck you, bitch. Get out. Well, you know, hey, if some people are into that. So, uh, yeah. But they, they came to realize what Kent himself was starting to learn, that there were spirits who did not like visitors in that house. So I know I've used the terms EVP and spirit box. haven't really talked about what they are. So if some of our listeners haven't heard of those before, don't know exactly what they are. EVP stands for electronic voice phenomenon, which is when human sounding voices from an unknown source can be heard on recorded audio. And then they're amplified. They're sometimes slowed down to make it easier to make out what the voice is supposed to be saying. The interpretation of EVPs can be kind of subjective. Mm-hmm. So it's useful to those who don't believe they're real, and they're going to use that to try to debunk anything. So you've heard a lot of these EVPs before. I want to know your opinion, because oftentimes when you see a video that is, you know, of an EVP or, you know, if they show it on a ghost right. show, they'll have a caption, have a caption on mm-hmm. it. And when I listen to those, out of 20 of them that I listen to, there's maybe two where I go, okay, I clearly heard them say that there's no way it could be anything else. Yeah. But half the t- other time, I, I'm like, if I close my eyes and hear it, I'm like, what is that? And then I see the caption, and then it's almost like it's telling my brain, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But is that really what we're hearing? Yeah, and that's what I don't like about them. 
he thinks it's a better way to communicate than using the spirit box. We'll talk about that in a second. Sure. For me, I I experienced the same thing listening to so much of his content that I go, okay, I guess I can see how it sounds like that. Some of them are like, holy crap, it absolutely sounds like that. Sure. But on these, it was more like 50-50 to me. Maybe 60-40 either way. Yeah. Some people believe they're a form of auditory pareidolia. I know what that is. Mm -hmm. What's pareidolia? Uh, that is where we see, um, everybody has it, by the way, just some people have it to different degrees. It's how our brain makes sense of things. So an easy thing would be, oh, hey, I see a face in a cloud in the sky. When there's really not a face there, it's just the way our brain organizes the information, and some people see it. Um, total side note, but I'm glad this came up. I watched this video on it. And when I found out that everybody has it, I was like, that's really interesting. I thought that was special. No, no. I I mean, I have it to a greater extent, I think, than most people, because I'm like, whoa, I can see this face in this, you know, texture on the wall. But, um, and I do all the time. But no, this guy said, paragolia is what, is it dolia or golia? It is peridolia. Peridolia. That is what allows us to see someone as a 15-year-old and then see them, not see them again until they're 30 and still recognize that person. Mm. So it's, well, it's obviously useful. It's, it, it, to yeah, some it's, it's how the brain processes like said, it stuff. It allows us to see something that might be chaotic and not have any particular order to it and put it in an orderly fashion right. in our brain or make sense of it. Right. Auditory pareidolia. You know, the definition of it from an auditory perspective is interpreting random, excuse me, random sounds as voices in one's own language. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe you hear this EVP and somebody who speaks Spanish only will hear, okay, I think maybe they said, and it's going to come out in Spanish. Who knows? Sure, that makes What's sense. What's interesting about listening to his recordings is very often he's just walking around and you can hear something really faintly even on the recording, before he amplifies it and slows it down and puts a caption over it. And on some of his, if he does a compilation or reposts something um, talking about it, you'll see some of them he has X's over his original caption, and he's got a different caption, and he's like, hey, listen to this again. I think it's something something else. Hmm. Anyway, a spirit box works in a completely different way. Operating on the premise that paranormal communication happens using vibrations, a sound box or spirit box, excuse me, continuously cycles through different radio frequencies or sometimes a random series of pre-recorded sounds at varying rates. And it sounds like static, white noise, static, like when you're in between radio stations. But fast. But yeah. And you hear, like as it goes, picks up the station, you know, there's a bunch of spots between the stations you might hear like that right um the idea is that it creates vibrations in the form of sound waves that a paranormal entity can use to create sounds that we hear through the speaker like a way to something to put the energy into to bend it to make it communicate yeah it's driving 
they are steering or driving that energy in such a way that it can be heard by us. And um, the rapid pulsing of white noise can be tough to listen to for me. Yes, same. But the results can be actually pretty shocking. They were to me anyway. When that pattern is interrupted with something that sounds like a human voice, even more so when that voice seems to say something that makes sense as a response to what a living person just said. Yeah. Just a heads up, though, for this episode, when I'm quoting the videos, I do a couple like scripts sort of things back mm-hmm. and forth. Sure. Um, I don't question Kent's interpretations of the EVPs of the spirit box that he prints on the screen. To be fair, the ones that he's not sure if he puts question marks next to him, like maybe they say this. I don't know. Um, and to be sure, check out his channel for yourself and you be the judge. What do you think? Are they are his captions accurate? Can you tell what they're saying? That sort of thing. Make sure you go check it out for yourself. That'll be really interesting um, to hear Daniel's acting. So uh, everybody oh. <laughs> get some popcorn and kick back and we're going to hear um, theater time with Daniel. <laughs> so here we go. Ken's son got him a spirit box after he's like, no, dad, you can't use this. app. That's no good. So he began using it and he was frightened by what he heard in one of his sessions. So much so that he decided to shut his investigations down. Mm. He was concerned that too much attention was being given to things that he didn't know what they were. Was it departed mm-hmm. souls? Was it something more deceiving? Kent realized that every response he'd had, he didn't know what it actually was. So yeah. he felt like he needed to research more to be able to understand it and to get to the bottom of it. So he did one last walkthrough of the house using the spirit box. Um, he was told, fuck you, Kent, multiple times through the spirit box. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> What happened at the end of the recording still gives me chills every time I go back and watch it. And I've watched a bunch. Kent was ending what was to be his final recording in the house with the spirit box running. And here's what happened. Kent started to say, I just want you to let, I just want to let you know. The spirit box says, we know, we know, we know. If you're a good spirit, I hope you find peace and you move on into the light, and I hope you're not tormented, the spirit box said, tormented. Thank you, Kent. The word, thank you. Thank you. Kent went on, and if you're not good, the box said, exactly. And you're evil, your day in hell is coming. The spirit box said, we are committed He'll put us in hell. And cut to a different part a little bit later. All right, this is Kent saying goodbye. The box said, hi, Kent. Love you. Ugh. That thing's fucking with him. I'm I'm literally on the edge of my seat, like leaning in to, to my eyes are wide as you're telling this. And Here's I, the thing. Oh. It's different voices. Oh, my God. It's not just a robot. Now, there is one that maybe another team brought in that had me like predetermined words mm-hmm. that yeah, sounded like a robot. Right. And that was really chilling too, but it has its limitations. But with the spirit box, there are different distinguishable voices. 
like male, female. Mm-hmm. And he began over time to tell, be able to tell the difference. We're like, okay, that was definitely so-and-so. Which one? I'm guessing male at this point. is the mean one, right? The Like the menacing one? I think so. So he's like, this is, I, I'm out. I don't know what's going on. I need to learn more. Because he was just a dude that got a spirit box. It's like, hey, guys, what's going on in my house? Um, I have to stop real quick because that what chills me is I I don't fuck around with Ouija boards. mm -hmm. I know about them and I know what they are. I'm not playing one. But I know from the movies, the Ouija movies, you always are supposed there's rules and you're always supposed to say goodbye. And it sounded like he was in a sense whenever you were communicating with spirits, you're supposed to, you know, you say hello and then you always have to say goodbye. You have to Hmm. close that. Um, channel. Otherwise, oh. if you leave it open, okay, that's really, really bad. Oh. So it sounded like he's like saying goodbye, and then for them to answer, hi. Like, in other words, you don't get to close this. It's so strong now. You know, and maybe it said by Kent. I don't know. Oh. But that was his interpretation. Hi. That, it was like he was oh. saying, hi, hi, Kent. Oh, I'm, this is signing off for now. Love you. Oh, there goes my hip. So, I mean, and something that happens later on as well is you kind of hear them talking to each other about what's going on or about Kent. So they're gossiping about Kent. He's like, I can hear you, motherfucker. Kent's coming. He's here. That sort of a thing. Oh, man. When he's saying, okay, I'm going to come upstairs. Kent's coming. It's here. Shut up. He's coming. Yeah. But his investigation wouldn't be stopped for long. Things were just, the activity in the house was not letting up. Mm-hmm. So Kent was like, okay, let me watch some of these paranormal shows to see how they're doing it. But he wasn't finding the answers to what he needed to know. He researched hauntings. He looked closely what the Bible had to say about it. He had a lot of training in the Bible. I don't know if that was just from school or if he went to a religious study theology or anything like that. But um, his faith comes out later. We're here. And he spoke to others about their experiences. He said he needed to know what these spirits were, why they were there, what happened to them, what to ask and what not to ask, and what energy they needed to communicate. This was no longer just about showing folks that he knew about what was going on. This was about studying the activity now. Mm. So in March of 2018 now, he said there was a night he would never forget, and it would change him in the way that he approaches his investigations. He said, they've been trying to tell me what's going on, but he'd been too busy trying to capture paranormal activity to show us how real it is instead of listening to them. He's been making them a spectacle almost. Yeah. Maybe disrespecting them. Well, l- listen and see what happens here. So this one starts with Kent, as he normally does, almost yelling in the house, hello. The box says, footsteps. It's Kent. Kent says, Hattie, are you here? Hattie is another name that comes up a lot. The box says, yes, I am. Hattie Lamb, are you in here tonight? I am. Was Edmund, and that sort of cuts something, killer? The box says, 
I knew. Help. Kent says, can you hear me or not? Anybody? The box says, I hear you. Kent asks, Anna? And the box repeats, Anna. And sometimes he would say, like, he would, wouldn't be hearing what the box was doing in the moment. And it wasn't until when he went back and reviewed the footage that he realized that things that were coming out of the box that were actually understandable. That must said, be really frustrating for, I mean, I know as a person mm-hmm. trying to do that, that's frustrating not to be able to have a conversation. I wonder if the ghosts are probably like, I have been answering you this whole time yes. and you can't hear me. Actually, there were, I don't know if it's EVPs or box recordings, spirit box recordings, but there were times where like you hear, he can't hear us oh. or he doesn't want to help us. Oh, even worse. So Kent says, are you guys not want to come down from the attic and talk? The box said, basement. Mm-mm, basement. No, no. And then a disembodied vo- a voice, not from the box. He, he uses the word disembodied voice, meaning he hears something actually with his ears, but there's nobody here saying it. It says, come down here. Fuck that. And then it says, I kill. Hell No. Kent says, want me to go down to the basement? God, what a white guy thing to say. (laughs) (laughs) The box says, yeah, find Rachel. Then there's an EVP he picks up that says, Edmund killed her. He killed them all. Yes. Then the box says, help her. And then a random thing in the box says, I was a Catholic. (laughs) Well, all righty then. Kent asks them, why do you keep saying basement? And then he's walking through. He sees this piece of wood. It's some sort of art or decoration on the wall. He says, can you move that thing on the wall again? Can you knock it off? The box says, for what purpose? That's right, Kent. The box says, help them. Help us. We're trying and to get help. We don't want to move the damn they have this piece of wood. Weird doll up against like by a door or something, riding a horse or something. Super creepy when he's doing his nighttime ones. And he says, Can you move the doll? And at this point, it says Kent realized after watching this footage, kind of like you said, he'd been treating the spirits like circus animals. Yeah. Trying to get them to perform tricks for him in front of the camera. And this is a turning point for him. The spirits have been trying to give him information mm-hmm. and he wasn't listening. Mm. He realized what he was doing, and he started actually listening to them and talking about the answers they've been giving and providing to him. And then from then on, the encounters became more pronounced. This one goes on and says, I don't understand why they keep saying basement. The box says, killed in the basement. Well, damn. Against my better judgment, I'm going down in the basement. No, Ken. <laughs> no. And again, I don't know if he can hear how much of this he can actually hear, but he's here. He picked up basement, and they keep telling him basement, and oh all you hear a bunch of these. Nothing they keep talking about good the happens in the basement, people. Kent goes on and says, "This is one time I wish I wasn't alone at night." Try this again. <sighs> he starts going down the stairs. Hello, he says. Damn, the hell is that bang noise? All right, I'm down here now. Like, I'm here. That sort of a thing. 
Then there's an EVP on the spirit box says, I need your help. Mm-mm, it's a trap. All of a sudden, Kent mm. goes, my light's going out. Frickin' band, f- brand new batteries. Seriously? In the basement, my light wants to go out? I got cold air going all around me. Is there something you wanted me to see? The fuck? I can't see, Paula. Yeah. Sorry. And while he had gone downstairs in the basement, he left the spirit box upstairs going... Mm-mm. This is he my says, worst nightmare. So in response to the question, is there something you wanted me to see? Upstairs, the box says, me. <gasps> and there's a banging sound. Oh, oh, oh my gosh. I'm going to have nightmares tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So maybe we won't watch this tonight. Maybe we'll leave that for another day. Oh, my gosh. Edmund, are you down here? EVP says, hi, Edmund. So Kent's now back upstairs. He's hearing banging sounds. Okay, I heard a loud knock. I'm going to go check the door because it was so loud. I thought someone is at the door. Meanwhile, the box is saying, help me. The box is saying, help us. Basement. I don't think he heard us. Kent now is sort of away from the camera. All right, well, I'm going to try something. The box says, no, Kent. Go in the basement. Mm-mm. He heard this one. He says, already went to the basement. Basement. Go back. Kent, he killed them. We're in. Basement. Mm-mm. Then the phone rings in the house. Apparently he's got a long. Sorry. <laughs> apparently he's got a landline. Like oh, it was a landline. 2017. Yeah, Man, no one would call on that landline. It was like a. It wasn't like a. It was like a type of phone. Oh god! And that and the piercing silence. Oh. So, the box after the phone rings, you hear the box say, and he's away from it. Kent isn't close to here. You hear the box saying, "Answer it." Hell, oh. Kent, answer the phone. Fuck that. Yeah. So it cuts to a different part of this recording. I'm sorry. No, hold on. I got, I got to interject yeah, okay. here. So, so yeah. the, the thing, answer it. He answers it. Hello? We've been trying to reach you about your car insurance. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Congratulations. You've been selected to win a three-night stay at the Marriott Hotel. Woohoo! In the basement. <laughs> In the basement of the hotel. <laughs> so this is the next section. Kent's saying, okay, so the digital camera is dead. Dead. Mm-mm. Kent says, hello. He says hello a lot, just to try to get some sort of response. Sure. With fear from the box. How are you? Fine, <laughs> just thanks. Very ca- just very conversational. Kent says, can you show yourself in the form of an apparition? It's God. too hard to. The box says, it's too hard to. Ken asks, Hattie, do you know if Edmund killed people? Hattie's a female, but a male voice on the box says, yes. Mm. Yes? In the basement. Who did he kill? He shot me. Mm. The box goes on. He shot her. A different voice says, killed her. There's portals. Mm-mm. Ken heard this. He says, there's a portal in the basement. Is that what you said? The box goes on. Spirits shot me. Kent, 
look here in this house. Another box thing going on. I am dead. Heart condition. Basement. Help me. Kent's off in a different room. Hello? Basement. All right, you guys all done? The last thing the box says on this one is, no, we can't be. So hold on. So that that's all. He's not in the basement when this is happening. He's right. still in the house. He's he walking came back around up, the, up the main floor. And of the they house. keep trying to tell him go to the basement. Yes, happens a lot. They talk about the basement all the time. Like, okay, we get it, the basement. But <sighs> that is the last I place I want to go. Yeah, and sometimes he'll go down there and he'll like whoop, turn the light off. I'm like. And you got this flashlight going. Balls of steel over here. Yeah, Kent. this dude. Jesus. He talks about being scared of certain things, which is understandable. We'll get to that. But he's just like, hello, y'all guys want to talk to me? What about the basement? Okay, I'll go down to the basement. Do, so, do, yeah. Do, do. Yeah, I, I'm not going to say anything bad about this guy. Like you said, no. he does have balls of steel, but. No, but I, I wouldn't do it. Kent also says um, he recorded what he believes to be the clearest voice ever. He's aware of being captured. Uh, I think it's on EVP. Man, no, it might have been the spirit box. Yes, it was spirit box. But he says he believes this to be the voice of Edmund. Please, please, please go watch this. The box says, Edna, this just happened so fast. And if you, I wouldn't believe you if, if I, you told me that was from a spirit box. Like it was so Clear. Okay, we're going to pause real quick. I'm going to listen to it. Holy cow. I have full body goosebumps. Those things were uh, some of those, not just that Edna, this happened so fast, mm-hmm. but like, help me and look here. And like, Basement. I have, I've heard recordings of spirit boxes before. I've never heard one that fucking active. It's usually yeah. just a lot of, but then to like to hear words and some string of words that make sense in response. Oh my, that's a lot yeah. of that. Uh, I'm chilled. I'm chilled. <laughs> Not sure on the thrilled part, but definitely chilled. Not thrilled that this happens or has happened or uh, that just still, uh, but definitely chilled. Yeah. Like we said, Kent does believe that's the voice of Edmund. Mm-hmm. Edmund Lamb was, remember, was the the undertaker who once lived in the house. Edmund had died suddenly at his daughter's house in Belfast, Maine. His daughter's name was Edna. Mm-hmm. Kent says many times in his investigations, he would hear a male voice call out for someone named Edna. Sadly, he's never heard a female voice respond. Mm. So all these other voices are saying that Edmund killed them. Not all. But well, he definitely the, the one heard like shot that. him, heard that. So he's like this undertaker slash serial killer. Maybe in the basement? he needed to drum up some business. I don't know, but uh, again, who knows? Sure. Are they just right. saying things, repeating back what he has said? Right. I just, just wanted trying to, make to sure. trick him or whatnot because he says. Edmund, are you here? Or, you know, he right. keeps asking, um, you know, if he brings up the name Edmund or Hattie, 
he's almost guaranteed to get a response sometimes. But when they're but when they're saying he killed me, they're referring to Edmund as far as we can tell. As far as we can tell, he killed when, me. Edmund yeah. killed me. Okay. Yeah, you know, it's hard to say, but it's it could be possible. It's I'm just sure. really hard to say because there's so much going on, so many sure, different sure, voices. Sure. Over the course of three years, he's compiled hundreds of hours of footage containing odd visual anomalies, EVPs, spirit box recordings, and objects or doors moving on their own. The audio captured often includes requests for help, such as help me or help them, help I've been shot or he shot them, some talk of suicide, but they always seem to direct Kent to the basement. Some are not so seemingly vulnerable, though. Sometimes Kent will hear, get out. Kent, I hate you. A personal F you, like we heard before. Even kill Kent. Murder Kent. To which he takes exception. He's like, what did you say? Uh-uh. You know, he keeps it real with him. Obviously, he's not going to like that. In one encounter, you can hear the box alternating between leave, hurt him, save him, kill, 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 help him. As he, It's almost as if he was being both warned and protected by spirits against another spirit or spirits who were about to harm him. Mm. Soon after this, I just watched the video earlier. Kent is he's sort of leaning on a chair. He's pushed back. You can see his shirt like get pulled. And then the door that's right here, slam. Oh, fuck that. Yeah, he's like, what the hell? No, thank you. A similar Our situation pass. happened in the, vo- the basement when he heard a voice say, I don't play. When he was trying to ask questions. Was it homie the clown? <laughs> He didn't say, don't play that. He says, I just don't play. Like, maybe I'm not going to play your silly little games asking questions. Kent asks, who said it? What's your name? The response on the spirit box was, demon. Kent. Forbidden. Killed people. Fuck that. So was this a good spirit warning him not to communicate with an evil spirit? Oh, He also wondered if this is the same evil spirit who was conspiring to kill him up in the bedroom when that that thing happened with the door. He was determined not to speak directly to that evil spirit, but he wanted to find out what was going on. How do you know who you're talking to? Yeah. So he started asking, is there something evil that stays in this basement? The box said, yeah, there is. Oh. Get out. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Maybe he didn't hear the, the first time, you know, because sometimes he doesn't always catch what, what's going on on the spirit box. He asked again, I need you to answer that question. Is there something evil that stays in this basement? What followed was the absolute creepiest voice I've ever heard in watching hours of these episodes. So I just listened to that and that oh, you have to kind of do it with headphones so it really gets in your ear. But what did, what did the voice say when he asked? So ask the question and then answer it. Do your acting. He had asked again, I need you to tell me if there's something evil that stays in this basement. Of 
Fourth, there's always a delay, and you're seeing and there's this. All the other things are just sort of little conversational high voices like this. This one word was evil. That's the closest I could do. Like a growling, almost like I don't know if you could do a voice like inhaling or whatever. Yeah, like that. I did it better than him. You did it better. Yes, but that was, Daniel's not lying, that was like a growl of very bassy voice. and It would be like, okay, do you remember uh, Inspector Gadget? Yes. Remember the, I don't remember what the bad guy's name was, mm-hmm. but he's like, I'll get you Gadget next time. That very deep. Dun, 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 dun. Yes. yes. <laughs> so, and it followed up with another evil in Get Out. So Kent was starting to be like, Mm-mm. he asked, why is it down here? Is this an evil spirit? Is it a spirit of murder? The box says, Kent. And remember, he, he says sometimes he thinks they'll say his name when they really wanted to pay attention to something. Killed us. That was sort of confirming, yes, it's a spirit of murder. So old Ken, he'd had about enough of this shit. And he launches into a full-blown power of Christ rebuke of this evil spirit. And you can go watch another time if you want to. But he reminds that spirit of murder that he was defeated over 2,000 years ago. And he can just leave this house, get the hell out of town, and never come back while he's at it. And his day is going to come when he's going to be cast in the lake of fire. And during this whole rebuke thing, you can hear the box say, go to hell. And you can hear it say, angry. But afterward, when he's done, like, you just go on and get out of here. Don't come back. He's a little bit more calmed down. He's like, I'm, you know, hoping that helps. And he's just sort of looks up and asks, I hope, you know, I hope that help. Is it gone? Is the evil spirit gone? Then he's just sort of looking around, asking out into the basement. And you hear a one word response, purged. And he hears it. He goes, purged. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yes. Like, because he was still, you know, mad because mm-hmm. this thing had been terrorizing him and his, his family mm-hmm. along, you know, along with all the other scary stuff that had been going on. Yeah. Another interesting thing about his videos is how they seem to have a cast of regular characters. All these names that keep coming up, like like a daytime TV soap opera sort of a thing. I found myself trying to figure out, okay, who was whom? Who killed whom? Names like Edmund and Hattie. Those keep coming up. Almost always elicit a response, even if there's no activity that prior to that. There's Melissa, Abby, Anna, Huckabee, Rachel, Naomi, Butch, Wayne. The list goes on. In many of these names, he's connected to people who've lived in the town some of whom did, in fact, meet untimely deaths. Mm. Over time, he began to tell the voices apart and be able to tell who was trying to speak to him. He'd be like, okay, I'm sure that was Edmund, or I'm sure that was Rachel, that sort of a thing. He's done research into a bunch of unsolved cases in his town's history, and a bunch of the names that come up in his investigations have close ties to those cases. One such example was when he discovered the history of a 14-year-old girl named 
Naomi Etta Mitchell, who was murdered in 1912. She had a sister named Rachel, a name that comes up often in his investigations in the house. After researching the history and comparing to what he'd heard in the house, Kent came to not only suspect that Edmund and Lamb had killed Rachel Mitchell, but that she may be actually buried in his basement. Mm-hmm. Brittany's over just shaking her head over there. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So maybe this is why they kept telling him to go into the basement. You're already talking to ghosts. I'm not going to dig up no body <laughs> in my own house. Remember, he, he but, wants to understand, wants to figure out when the world's going on. Mm. So when he asked, and balls of steel, or maybe brass, some sort of hardened metal, when he asked the spirit box directly, Rachel, are you buried down here in the basement? It said, yes. Mm-mm. So as he listened to these encounters and kept asking questions, he narrowed down the spot under the kitchen in a crawl space accessible from the basement. Oh, God, did he find a body? As he's crawling around under the house, he's hearing guidance from the box like, Kent's here. Stay there. You found me. Oh, God. He asks, is Rachel down here? Very faint EVP. Help me dig. He did begin to dig. No. And found bone fragments. Oh, my gosh. And one of the more recent recordings he's done shows him sitting there. He's got some, just a few bone fragments sitting on the black towel or cloth or something. He's got the spirit box going and the the, um, EMF meter going crazy next to the bones. And he's asking... Um, he's saying, so I found these fragments and, you know, I'm not sure if they're human bone fragments or what. He's not jumping to any conclusions, conclusions. Um, and the box is going and you can hear from the spirit box. He found her in the basement, found her. So yeah, a bunch of characters, a bunch of stories they seem to keep overlapping the more he learns about all that. Do, do we not know if that's... Not yet. Not I'm, yet? Okay. I'm assuming like he would have them tested yeah, exactly. or something. I haven't seen the updates on that. Well, I, I This just was wanted... toward the very end of his sort of recap video covering the last three years of his whole experience of that called The Last Three Years. Where, of course, he's, he's had one since then, what we'll talk about in a minute. So okay. all of this will be pretty crazy by itself, right? Jeez. But then there's the shadow dude. No. Yeah. No, thank you. Him. Some of the scariest video Kent has from his house is of a dark figure that takes different shapes. You see it moving quickly across the frame in a video... Peeking from behind a corner Mm-mm. or in the window of a still shop. Shadow dude, and this is what he calls him, shadow dude. Shadow dude would show up outside the front door window, staring in at Kent, smiling at him. Mm-mm. He'd stay there for a while. Kent would be taking pictures and videos of him, like trying to talk to him. But he never got any EVP of him that he was aware of. One 
super freaky clip shows a small, odd shape darting from the window of his upstairs bedroom as soon as Kent walks into the room. Like, down toward a mysterious dark circle about 10 inches across that he has on his floor. Was it blood? Is it a portal? What is it? He doesn't know. But he can't get it up. Can you show me that real quick? Sure. My God, stop what you are doing right now and go look up. What, what is the, the video called? It's called Encounters of Shadow Dude and the Strange Anomalies. And it's the, the video is like an hour long. So you were kind of showing skimming through some different parts and showing me there is one. y'all. Well, there's several of this thing like in a window just moving and it's this dark mass and it moves super quick. But there's this one where it's on the bed as he's like, it's like he's coming through the hallway and kind of mm-hmm. just going into the door. So, you Up know, the camera's holding him. This thing is posing like it's about to pounce from the bed. Yeah, it's like it had one leg him. out and the arm down on the bed. I mean, like it's, it's like like a runner, like, like is about, you know, take your marks. lands down on the ground after yeah. falling a long way. But like, like also, like uh, when you're about to... Take off when sprinters. Yeah, kind of like that. Like that, like just up and ready. And it, oh, I'm not going to sleep very good tonight. Super. Do yourself a favor. Look at that. Freaky. So, yeah. Oh my God. So. I was holding on to you so tight <laughs> while we were watching that. Like I was like grabbing him like I would in a scary movie theater or a movie theater watching a scary movie. I was just grabbing him like. Little teenager, like <laughs> grabbing my date. Oh my god! And I was like Michael Jackson with the with the popcorn and the thriller movie. <laughs> yeah, because I'd seen it a few times already, and I knew it was coming. But still, mm. it still gives me chills mm. every time. So Jeez. I talked about the the one where it was up actually in the window, and he had seen an apparition yeah. in the window before. But this thing sort of slinks amorphously out of the window, but, but there's, fast, like a yes. like a almost like it's pulled yes. down. Or almost like it was being sucked, sucked by something. Down, it was yeah. the first time I saw that I was like, uh uh-uh. uh. But then he keeps going up there and not expecting, like, okay, I heard something, I'm gonna go see what's going on. And then it's behind the bed. This is broad and then it's daylight. On the bed. Broad daylight. And y'all. then he looks in the room, he turns around, he's talking, he goes back in the room and turns to his right to look a little bit room, and it's literally like right in front two of him. feet away from him, and he was like, son of a Bitch. I have to say, when I saw that, I was like, I feel you, dude. Like, <laughs> you and I could be buds because, like, the reaction he had is, like, so genuine. I was like, man, I feel yeah. you can't. So I can't say much I would have reacted any more calmly than that. But this, we're talking Son about a dude. A we ever talk about, like, this guy having incredible intestinal fortitude to be like, sure, I'll go down in the basement if you need me to go. I want to help. So let's go down oh, in the basement. Jesus. But when he sees these things, he nopes out of the room in a hurry. Yeah. this The room is like, it has a little bit of a sheer curtain. Yeah. So, But it's very bright. Lots of sunlight, lots of natural light. For you to come in there and there is an obvious dark mass that it, it doesn't even look like, there's no way a person could create that. Mm-hmm. 
it and doesn't look like a black, person standing there. But when it zooms in there, it's got a gray face. A gray face and, and features, some, some eyes and features nose and the mouth. and But this just blacker than black mass that you can, is in the kind of a shape that we would go, that's a person. Mm-hmm. You know, shoulders, head, body, arms. <sighs> yeah. God, my heart is like up in my chest right now. And, mm-hmm. Oh. So Ken believes these are non-human spirits. I, I would agree, Kent. And we've talked about the times that other spirits have warned him of danger and of demons. He also sees dark apparitions and mist apparitions all over the house. Mm. But he doesn't think these are the same entity or entities as the... Did, I say did you en- say entities? <laughs> I think I did. Entities. Entities. Uh, as the shadow dude, not the same as the shadow dude uh, that used to chill out on the front on the front porch. That, okay, that okay. Another one you showed me was Kent was inside, and you it was dark outside, but you could see this thing at the window from the outside, mm-hmm. smiling, a big old like creepy Cheshire cat smile. It, to me, it looked like an alien. Like there's it one of the grays of, out there. Yeah, because the but, top of its head was. Larger than the bottom, almost like a... Yeah, and the way the eyes were, the, it was like a dark socket. Yeah. And so it looked like bigger eyes, but the smile. So when something's evil and smiling at you, no. That yeah. is just no. So do yourself a favor. If you get nothing else out of this thing... Go watch go that. watch it. You get to <sighs> see him talking and you get to feel for what, you know... What he's about on there, it's an hour's worth. You can skip through some if you need to. But if you just need some shock value, Jesus. <laughs> go straight there. and Maybe it'll desensitize you to the rest of this yeah, stuff. Maybe not watch it right before you go to bed yeah, like me. <laughs> watch it with the lights on, okay? Yeah, just trust me. You want to you mm. take precautions. Okay. So since his first short clip of a toy horse flying off a shelf in that bedroom three years ago. I want to see that. Kent has uploaded over... 100 more videos since mm. then over the last three years mm. to his Ghosts of Carmel main channel, each of them running on the average about an hour in length. So literally hundreds of hours of footage that he's uploaded. Since 2018, he's also been out to a number of other locations outside of the Lamb House. People have asked him to go. He's taken road trips. People are like, hey, why don't you come check out this place? I haven't seen as many of those yet, but... The ones I have seen, but just super spooky. He always finds something. So he still lives in this house with his oh, family. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know how many of his family. You don't see his family very much in these. Maybe they said, see you later. I don't know. I think his, it showed his son at the beginning, him. and he's grown. So I don't know. Maybe he, he moved out. My I don't know. Oh. But uh, occasionally you see a younger, like, teen, preteen girl, maybe his daughter named Kaylee. And she interacts with them some, but she's like, oh, I think I'm done. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And when it gets a little bit too real. So, of course, he has his detractors claiming it's all fake. And anyone who doesn't believe in paranormal events or the tools and techniques he uses, at least, they're going to dismiss it all immediately. Sure. But even if none of the voice phenomena turn out to be real, the video that he has by itself can be equally chilling, well, as you know, as evidenced by what we just saw. Yeah, those were actually some of the clearest EVPs that I've heard. That 
you could. You could really hear different tones, almost different accents. Like the Edmund guy saying Edna or Edmund and Edna, right? Yes. Saying Edna. It's it all happened so I almost fast. pictured like a Southern accent, like Edna. Like, I don't Edna. know, there was some Edna. Sort of drawn out. Drawn out, yeah. So I don't know. And like the other ones were just Chipper. Hi. Kurt. Or Kent, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And other ones, you know, help us. And oh my God. But you could hear different tones. It was very different clear, pitches, different things. Higher and lower. Yes. You can hear, like you said, different inflections. So you sort of got ahead of my question. I was going to ask you what, I mean, what do you think? Is there any chance Kent Morris has been making all this up for the last three years just to be internet famous? Or do you think any of the EVPs or spirit box sounds or reels are real? Excuse me. And what about the ghosts in the pictures and videos? God, I mean, we've seen so many cool things that, you know, eventually come out that they are faked or maybe it's just too perfect. Something tells me that this isn't, one of those. Something about this is just, I, I don't know. It, it, sometimes you can see something and it scares you on a different level mm-hmm. than like watching a scary a movie. movie. Yeah. This is something that he experienced yes. personally and he just happened to be rolling on it. Yes. And the reactions that he had were, I don't even think like a skilled actor could do that. And I would have the same exact thing, you know, son of a bitch, you know, and just all of a sudden something up in your face there in front of the camera that wasn't there two seconds ago. Black mask. No, I now here's something as you were telling the story that I wonder about. And I, I kind of have already weighed, well, no, that doesn't make sense in this, but I have a theory. What if all of these voices are not really ghosts? of these souls that are trapped or or whatnot. What if they're all being mimicked by the demon? Because I'll tell you with a thousand trillion percent certainty, there are demons. For sure. He many times over the course of this would say, you keep saying that you need help, but you won't tell me what you need me to do to help you. And the closest thing I heard throughout this was comfort. And he said something comforting to them mm-hmm. because he he seems to express empathy for well, sure. what he perceives to be are these these spirits. Like sure. I hope you find I hope you find peace. What really stands out to me about him, different from the TV hosts, the ghost hunters, where everything's green, you know. Oh, did you feel that? <gasps> All that stuff. Something <laughs> just touched me. All that. He's not trying to dramatize anything except for putting some suspenseful music. And that's personally one thing that makes his content so believable to me. Plus the fact he never set out to become a paranormal investigator. He was a skeptic and he was just trying to figure out what in the world was going on in his house. So there was, I don't know if you remember this show that I found on Amazon Prime. And it's the same guy and his team in... um around the Michigan area, I believe it's Saginaw. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I'm looking at it now, and it's like a haunting on Hamilton Street. And it just says, like, Prozac uh, Presents Seekers Volume 1. And I don't know if that's the name of their group or or is what that, they do, but that the, guy who has, like, the baseball cap. The reason I'm bringing this up is 
on a couple of these, which they're really good. If they're, I don't know if they're real or they're, you know, supposed to be mockumentary. I don't know, um, but I'll take it as real for now. On a few of these episodes, they have this company that specializes in in enhancing video and things like that. And I believe I'm like 99% certain because it was an, an Indian tribe name. And I believe it was, it's called Arakoi. So I think that's the name of the software that they use. Okay. But what's really cool is this guy who runs this company who's been featured sometimes on these shows mm-hmm. is like, you know, look, I I don't mess around with this stuff. I'm going to come and I'm going to set up the cameras. We're going to take this stuff. And then I take it back to my place mm-hmm. and we analyze it. We put it through the software. It's like all very, very high tech stuff to see what it captures and I don't remember exactly how it works, but it it works at seeing things that we can't see by enhancing light and different stuff. Crazy. But there's that one where they caught that guy's face mm-hmm. that was so crystal clear and that the normal cameras couldn't see it. Yeah. But and they didn't doctor it or anything. He's like, if we don't find something, we don't find it. But I encourage you to go and look at that. Hey, y'all, just a quick note. I did find that episode. It's on Amazon Prime Video, and it's called A Haunting on Brockway Street. And that's the one where they use the Iroquois the most, and they find some really crazy details in the pictures that we can't see until it's gone through the software. So I recommend if you have Prime Video, check that out. And from what I remember from those shows, they are very good. But it's also a TV show. So sure. on each episode, sure, sure, sure. it kind of has to find follow somewhat of a formula. And on any of those TV shows, they're lucky if they get, oh, that touched me, or we saw something right. move, or we heard the sound, or we caught this EVP. And each of his hour-long segments, it's just constant action. Spirit mm-hmm. box, EVP, things moving. Shadow dude. Like... Foreshadow, dude. I want them to use that Iroquois software oh, to see if they could wow. see and that enhance that. That's intense. what, yes. Like, especially that one where he's crouching. Mm-hmm. Y'all go look at that. That crouching figure. He's got, is, uh, he's got a following. I think that the, the channel has 142,000 subscribers. And what's the channel called again? Ghosts of Carmel, Maine. Well, I'm really looking forward to hearing what all of y'all have to say about this. I'm really hoping you take some time. It is an investment of time because, of course, there's there's fast forward. You can always skip through it. But there's just so much to see and so much to hear in all these. I hope you have some time set aside. Like if you were adding another podcast to your library to just hop over to his channel and watch some of these and listen to what's on there. And then let us know what you think. Um, Definitely. Is any of it real? Is some of it real? And Brittany, how can they let us know what they think about this podcast and his channel? Um, I will get to that in just a second. But I want to say if Kent ever does listen to this, please let everybody know if you find out information about those bones. Oh, I'm sure oh, you will. Uh, I just, I'm on the edge of my seat. I want to know if that was Rachel if those are human and just that, that, that in and of itself is spirits leading you to a body. I mean, imagine if they found like some of her 
some of her relatives and they could do a do DNA, DNA test. So oh, I don't know if it's goodness. impossible, but. Who knows? But yeah, let us know. And if that thing is called Iroquois, look into it. If you listen to this, <laughs> look into <laughs> that and Kent, get that. If you know somebody that knows Kent, get, get that thing where you could see the, like enhance that, find a way to enhance that. Cause that would just, oh, I don't want to see it, but I I have to see it. <laughs> exactly. So um, y'all can all um, visit us at www.childrenthrilled.com. Don't need the Ws. I know I don't. It's just weird. It's how it comes across in my brain, and that's what comes out of my mouth. So childrenthrilled.com. You can find us on Instagram at childrenthrilledpodcast. Also on Facebook, uh, our Facebook page at uh, blah. Also at Chilled and Thrilled Podcast. Something I'm working on as well is uh, creating a um, Facebook group. Oh, okay. So I'm still kind of new to that. Uh, I've been on Facebook a long time, but I, I still don't. I'm not as hip as the young, young kids <laughs> who have all these crazy pages going up. And I'm like, oh, okay, I didn't know I could do that. So I'm going to be working on creating a Facebook page. So if you know uh, about Facebook group. groups, hit up Brittany and... Yeah, yeah. Um, And then we also have a Twitter, which is thrilled underscore pod on Twitter. So, um, yeah, just thanks for everybody listening. Keep it up. If you enjoyed it, give us a thumbs up, a review on any of the platforms that you listen to your podcast. It really helps us out a bunch. Yep. And if there's someone that you know that would love this kind of stuff, share it, please. It helps us grow. It helps us reach more people. And that's what we love to do is just share these creepy-ass stories and have a good time. So, Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening, and hope you have a great week. Bye.